Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. This is Phil Ebener, and today I chat with the boss, Wes Boss. He has built his own online course platform. He's not on anyone else's. Recently, he launched a free course that got over 100,000 new students. Mind-blowing stuff. That, how he uses Twitter, and much more is coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave a review for this show wherever you listen to it. Now, let's get straight to the interview. Okay, everyone, welcome to the show. This is Wes Boss. I'm super excited to be talking to you, Wes, and have you on for people who don't know about you. I found out about Wes actually from a listener. So thank you for telling me about Wes. I checked out his website and he's doing a lot of great things. And one thing that I think people are going to be really excited about listening to you is that everything is on your own platform. And I know a lot of our listeners are interested in either having their own platform along with using something like Udemy or a Skillshare or something else. So we're going to be talking a, a lot about that. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Should be fun. Yeah. So first, let's just dive in. What do you love about teaching online classes? Um, I think that it's really cool to be able to share what you know with unlimited amount of people. And I think it's really cool that you can just go out there and, and start doing it without any, like I don't have a teaching degree or, or anything like that. I just am a web developer who kind of knows what he's talking about and loves to share that. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's my experience too. I didn't have any experience teaching or or building a f- website or selling a product before teaching online classes. And it's pretty inexpensive to jump right into it. So talk, tell us a little bit more about your background, how you got into teaching online courses, what you were doing before, uh, and what do you teach online now? Sure. So um, I'm a web developer, a full stack web developer. I make websites and web apps. And uh, I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And I think 2011, I started up a YouTube channel, which allowed me to uh, start recording some screencasts, answering a couple questions. I was fairly into WordPress at the time. And then that sort of moved into uh, me blogging as well. So I was doing a lot of blogging, a lot of screencasting, sort of doing both of them. Um, And I had a couple blog posts on a code editor called Sublime Text, and that did really well. Um, And from those uh, blog posts, I got contacted by a couple of publishers about writing a book for them and thought, oh, yeah, I would love to. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. And then I talked to them about like the payout rates and everything like that. And uh, it, it's it's pennies. They don't give you anything. Um, and, and books for tech stuff are, is kind of a poor platform because uh, learning to code is so visual and stuff goes out of date really quickly. And it's just not a good medium in, in my opinion. So, um, I thought, well, I can just write my own book on that. And I went ahead and, uh, I wrote a book and then I attached a bunch of screencasts along with it. And cause I had been screencasting on YouTube for a while and I thought, Hey, it'd be fun to give people a more visual and to how to do specific things in this, this text editor. So uh, I released that and uh, it went over really well. People really liked the videos and I really like doing them. I, I t- turns out I hated writing a book. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> so I, I uh, decided to do to do more videos. So 
from from there that was maybe three and a half years ago um from there i another sorry another thing that i did during that was i um i put up an email sign up form on my blog post being like hey i'm gonna write a book and just to see if there's any interest and there was i had about two thousand people sign up for it over about a year of writing it and i think three or four hundred people converted the first couple days um which is like I would kill for that kind of conversion rate these days, but uh, obviously it was very much people who were were wanting to to do it because who puts their email in a in one of those capture boxes anyways? So uh, that did well, and uh, I decided that I really really liked it. So I created a couple more free courses, a couple more. We can talk about that more if you like free courses, paid courses, um, and maybe about a year and a half ago, I decided to to go full time. I had been doing it for maybe two years making pretty good money. I was doing consulting freelance work for along the same times as well. And then I, I finally made the jump to full time uh, teaching people how to code. Awesome. Well, that's super cool. So a um, couple questions just about what you're talking about getting started. Were you sending p- emails to those people, those 2000 people who signed up at all? Or did you kind of just have that opt in form saying, hey, my book's gonna be launching. And then once it launched, you kind of just yeah, it was, I I've done it's funny because everyone always tells me that I'm doing everything wrong, yet it's working extremely <laughs> yeah. well for me because like there's all this advice out there and I didn't follow any of it. So I just I just sat on the list for a year, year and a half. And then I emailed everybody. Uh, and luckily they they had still remembered who I am. And I'm fairly involved on Twitter and message boards and IRC at the time. So like people did know who I was at the time. So it wasn't like I was just some. Uh, person in a cave i had just been tweeting and and stuff and but i had never emailed anyone along the way yeah well that's what our the listener who recommended you to be on the show actually said that you're kind of well known in the space so just being there on twitter being on the message boards those are things people tell people who start out just like go to these websites find out where your students live be on there but it actually takes doing it and people I feel like often don't spend enough time doing that uh they're trying to take shortcuts so that's that's cool that actually worked out for you and you've been doing this full time for for a while I read on your website something about hacker you and ladies learning code is that something you're still doing or talk a little bit more about that yeah so I kind of initially like what gave me the bug to to start teaching was that I was I was doing these blog posts on WordPress and uh, Ladies Learning Code, which is a not-for-profit started up in Toronto, uh, here in Canada, and they had like sort of um, a weekend workshop geared towards different types of coding. And then I, they had asked me to do the work uh, WordPress one, uh, and I thought oh, that sounds kind of fun. It, it was kind of scary, but I, I went for it. And um, it turns out like people really liked the way that I explained things, and I re- had a lot of fun. Uh, seeing people get those aha moments and, and whatnot. So uh, I kept doing that for a number of years. And then off that spun out Hacker U, which is um, um, coding boot camps. And at the time, it was just part-time classes. So I I start, wrote all the curriculum and started up all the first five or six web development classes over the first couple of years. Um, I did all the, the curriculum for the first boot camp and, and whatnot. And I... Uh, um, I haven't done a whole lot with ladies learning code in a while just because I have a family now and, and weekends are are precious, um, but I'm still involved with uh, doing some uh, workshops and, and even classes with HackerU. 
Cool. Actually, speaking of that, I was doing a little uh, stalking online and I saw on your website, you linked to your, your wife's website. So she sounds like I was on it for literally like 10 seconds, but yeah. she's on the online world too. Is she, um, what, what does she do online actually? Yeah. So she initially was uh, like a graphic designer, shoe designer, went to school for fashion um, so, uh, she was working as a shoe designer for quite a while and then, um, she decided she wanted to go out on her own as well, just cause I had always worked for myself and it, it's a really nice life. So she went out on her own and did uh, sort of graphic design and, and print design. Um, and then, uh, after she took a couple years off when we had our first kids and then, um, and now she's been getting back into it in the last year or so. And she's more, um, more in like the, the fashion, or she, she actually mm-hmm. Even before that, she had like a fashion blog. So she's getting back more into fashion blogging and uh, YouTubing about fashion and home stuff and, and whatnot. Cool. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about having a family and working from home because I work from home. My wife is a social worker. She's out all day. She sees me working at home and thinks it's totally unfair. Um, and <laughs> yeah. we're thinking about, you know, starting a family too. So what advice do you have for working from home and, and starting a family. Yeah. Um, separation of concerns, I guess, as, as well as you can, uh, is super important. So, uh, family time is family time. Work time is work time. Don't let those things cross. Uh, don't do laundry in the middle of the day and, and don't answer emails and have your laptop open all night. Obviously there's exceptions for that here and there because working for yourself is nice and flexible, but, um, it is really important to keep those things well defined. Otherwise, the lives start to bleed into each other and whatnot. So um, I'm pretty uh, pretty good at going usually about 8.30 to 5 is, is work time. And then right at 5 o'clock, that's it. I'm done for the day. Um, we, ha- we have like a really perfect house for working for ourselves. You can probably see that there's like the slanted roof here. Um, mm-hmm. So we have like a three-story house which means that my wife and the kids are on the main floor, the bedrooms are on the second floor, and then the third floor of the house is is office. So nice. I uh, yeah. have like a really nice quiet space that's all defined. I can have all my gear up here and I don't have to worry about anyone bothering me up here. Yeah, that's the that's my ultimate goal is to convert our garage into my workspace and studio and be able to work out there once we have a family and, you know, kids are running. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> cool, cool. So talk about that first course experience. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that you are on your own platform. At that time, it sounds like a few years ago when you were starting that there were platforms popping up. Udemy was around. Were you aware of these other platforms? And and why did you decide to just go out on your own? Yeah, um, part of it was because of the, the technical hurdle of having a book and videos. Uh, so it was kind of weird in that like not there was lots of places to post a book and sell a book and there was lots of places to do videos, but like not both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I had looked at a, at a bunch of them and um, I'm, I was very aware of like the checkout experience being terrible. Like the, what is the one that sells books? Um, pub something. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a book author, so let's hold on. Let me let me pull this one. Actually, yeah. I don't know if I should call them out, but there's one. It's like <laughs> the the landing pages that they give you are absolute garbage, and I, the, there's like it's not good at converting people at all. 
Um, mm-hmm. It looks terrible. Everybody's own landing page looks exactly the same. They have these like pay what you want sliders, which uh, I don't like at all because it kind of seems like a you're you're giving to charity and getting something that's crappy in return. So um, I just didn't like that. I knew that it wouldn't sell well at all. And then also like developers have this terrible habit to want to build absolutely everything themselves. So yeah. uh, there's that as well. So I, I had spent some time uh, building my own and uh, it's been well worth it. Initially, it was just because of like, I don't get dinged by anybody, but now the now it's been super well worth it because I can run um, experiments, pricing experiments. I can mm-hmm. do all of my own analytics. I have like access to the raw code that nobody, like a lot of people have asked me to use the same platform, but like I just want to get in there and try stuff without having to like have this whole platform uh, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of brittle. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds really cool. But on the other side of things, what if you're starting out and you have no audience, you don't know how to code, and you're trying to figure out how to do this? Uh, do you still think it's better to use maybe like a platform like Teachable or Thinkific where you are self-hosting, but they give you the tools to do so? Or like what what about these marketplaces like you, a Udemy? Um, do you have yeah. opinions on that? Um, I haven't looked into, I've heard Teachable is good. I've, I've never looked at it before. Um, I'm sure it's great, uh, that they sort of give you the, the tools. Cause again, if you can't code, you either have to sling a bunch of WordPress plugins together or go with something like that. So I'm sure that's, that's a pretty valid option as well. Um, and then the marketplaces I was never a big fan of because they like, they, they don't care about you. Like they don't, as far as I know, they don't give you the people's email address after they buy, Mm -hmm. do they? No, not no. Yeah, See, no. that's like that. The biggest thing you can do in this business is get a list of people's email addresses, so that when you have something else to sell, you can email them. Or if you want to know exactly um, what they're having trouble with, then you can email them. And like often, I'll just shoot an email off to my list and be like, "Hey, like, what do you want to learn? What are you struggling with?" And like the, the the copy that comes back from what they're struggling with makes it directly into the website for. For selling it and people feel like it's it's made exactly for them it's because it You're came right. out of their own mouth right yeah so I, yeah. I think having that like connection to your audience is super important because without building your own audience like it's funny because people go on these platforms because they have no audience but then you sell on these platforms and you don't really have an audience unless people are just bananas about you and and further go and look for mm-hmm. other stuff mm-hmm. that you have yeah, yeah, no, that I think that's so important. So I'm kind of jumping around, but uh, you talked about the email list and gr- ha- getting students emails. That's so important. What are you doing right now with your email list? You, you know, in the beginning, you weren't emailing them, but right now, are you doing anything other than just promoting to them, or how do you treat that email list? Yeah, um, nothing <laughs> again. <laughs> Uh, not not a whole lot. Um, I I recently moved over to Drip maybe six months ago to get that automation in because I realize how important that automation is. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, what I'm doing is maybe once every three or four weeks, I'll send out an email with just some updates about what's going on with me, what I'm working on, any sales that I'm having, um, and then I'll use sort of the like I won't give somebody a coupon code to a a course they've already bought or mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, so that's that's pretty important but um other than just having like really down to earth like chill emails 
um, a couple of times, maybe once a month or so. Um, I don't do a whole lot except for and then a launch. I'll I'll send maybe four or five emails at a launch to yeah. really get and yeah. It, people say like, oh, you should email more often. But I think developers are a bit of a special bunch in that they absolutely hate getting email and <laughs> uh, they can smell it's usually that. Like, it's, it's usually about a problem or something that you have to fix. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm a developer. I hate getting email and I'm a developer and I can see like we code marketing stuff all day long, a lot of us, and we can see right through a lot of these drip sequences and it just doesn't feel feel good to me. So um, I, I do send probably less than I should, but also, when I do send uh, an email, like when I launch a product, like it works really well. So uh, yeah. I think that I've I found my sweet spot there. Cool. That's, well, that's good to hear too. Uh, just be more chill about it. I think. Yeah. Is the, the lesson. <laughs> it's true. So, and like I don't when I sorry when I don't when I send stuff out, it's it's just kind of like I'm talking to you or like mm-hmm. telling you about where I'm going on vacation or whatever. And, and people get to know me on a, on a personal level. And, and also I have the benefit of having a, a very rememberable name. So mm-hmm. uh, people will, people don't necessarily need to hear from me every single day because they do remember what my name is after a while. That's true. I mean, I remembered your name from the minute the guy emailed me about you. I'm like, Wes <laughs> Boss, is that his real name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you have control of your market now or your your platform taught can't just lay the groundwork about like how many courses you have what kind of pricing you're doing are you discounting your courses during launch all the time like what, what how how does that work on your platform right now yeah so i've got um four paid courses and one two three four five free ones um, and the free ones are very good content. Um, they're they're like like they're as good quality as the actual paid ones, and uh, mm-hmm. there there's no upsell or anything like that. It's kind of like just cut and dry. I've got free, and I've got paid ones, and people like the free ones so much that they go and buy the the paid ones. So uh, all of that is is powered by uh, my actual platform. Um, and then I don't know. I'm I'm still like kind of playing with pricing experiments here and there. Generally, what I'll do is I'll have um, I'll have it on sale for like a month or so after I launch it. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, every now and then Black Friday, stuff like that, I'll, I'll have little little discounts. Um, and then recently what I've done in my, my course is offer um, geocoded discounts, which means that depending on which country you come from, you mm-hmm. get a discount um, for your locale, which has been huge for, for my sales. Um, I first did it as like a nice thing because everybody would email me being like, your course is as much as I get paid in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and I I just like another thing about me is I hate doing support emails and mm-hmm. I hate having emails like that because I have to be like, oh, like, what can you afford and, and stuff like that. And I just want everyone to be able to access it at whatever it is. So I wrote I wrote this huge thing that rolled out uh, geocoded discounts um, and it's been selling super well for me. That's really cool. I, I think Udemy might have, I don't know if they heard from you or if it's just a thing now because they're starting to do discounts for yeah different locations. And oh, and cool. it makes sense. It makes sense. Like uh, someone was, I mean, the typical Udemy course sells for between 10 and 15 bucks. They always compare it to a movie ticket over here in the States. But 
in people were complaining like in India that's like a percent of their yearly income or or more and so yeah. it's like that's that's a lot for someone in another country who's who's not making as much money or their their money doesn't go as far with online courses so I think that's super cool that you're doing that and and yeah you just have that flexibility of doing it so so what is the actual price of your courses right now then um let me pull it up does it, um do, my master pack is about 140 bucks and uh okay. currently it's on sale for 100 bucks so so that's for that's, all four of those courses yeah generally around there my sublime one is a little bit is actually quite a bit cheaper just because that was the first one i launched and mm -hmm. i didn't understand that the the value or the pricing i could have gone much higher on it i've sort of left it uh, at a much lower level as well, just because the the quality of the videos is it, the content's still really good, but it's just not uh, as good as as some of my other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so much to ask about. So you have your core, your paid courses. What you know, it's, you have it all set up. It's on your website. I know you're doing like YouTube. You've got Twitter. Um, what are you doing to actually sell the courses other than when you launch it? sending emails and announcing it on your site. Are you doing any sort of ongoing like content marketing or, or how are you getting people to your site and buying your courses now? Yeah, um, it's almost entirely my free courses, um, mm, meaning mm. that um, I put my free courses up on YouTube and then they're also up on my own platform and people watch a couple of them on YouTube and they say, hey, who is this guy? Or, hey, I need to access the download files or whatever. And they go and sign up for the the whole course over on on the actual website and also it gets added to their account people like having them all kind of neat in their account rather than a bunch of youtube bookmarks um mm -hmm. so that's it's it's mostly people going through a free course and being like i really like how this guy teaches some people say i don't like this guy at all and then they they never see me again but like i find my little crew of people who who really like what i do um and then they go forward and, and buy another course so that's that's huge. Uh, word of mouth is also probably a huge chunk of it, um, just because as developers, um, especially like advanced developers, we get asked every single day, where do I learn X, Y or Z? Um, and having a resource like my courses is really good for people just to to point to. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of like content marketing, um, I did get um, I get all of my courses transcribed for um, the deaf users. And mm -hmm. ESL users, because those are two huge markets for me. And uh, I, I, what I did is I paid somebody to take the transcriptions and make them into blog posts. Um, I did mm. that with one of my course. I don't have any any numbers on it. I haven't actually even checked uh, what it was, but it maybe cost me three grand to get them turned into blog posts. Um, and then that's just. I think something like eighty blog posts on a specific topic that is now out there in the in the ether. Um, which mm -hmm. will then eventually p drive people to to buy the actual course. So that's something I'm sort of experimenting with right now. But uh, I, I'd say most of it just comes from the free courses. People seem to like what I do and want to learn another topic that I teach. Cool. So first question with the transcript you were just talking about, was that for the paid courses or the free courses you're turning into blog posts? Um, for the paid course. That's my ES6 one, which is like a JavaScript got a huge update to it. So that's mm -hmm. something I've been I, I probably would do it for every course if I, I should look into the numbers and see if it's it's working. Yeah, because, like the way that it, it it costs maybe every single blog post costs maybe like a hundred, 
hundred bucks mm-hmm. or maybe even yeah. less. I'm not sure. So like if you each if each one sells one, then it's then it's worth it, right? Yeah. Plus, it's an, also a nice like reference for people who have taken the video course. They don't necessarily want to crack the video open every single time they got a question. They just quickly scan the text. Wow. So that's cool though. But so this is actually just your paid great content free online as a blog post. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely every word in the videos and all the lines <laughs> of code for free. And that's, uh, that's yeah. really cool. I mean, I think that's awesome. And it's kind of like, well, if people for the free courses want the downloads, they sign up for the course. It's the same thing. If they want that better experience, um, they're going to want the videos. That's really cool. And how did you, are, did you just find a freelancer online or something to do all of that for you? Convert it into um, a blog yeah, I just, post? I just tweeted it out and I said like, hey, is there any like technical writers or people that would want to do this? And uh, I got a whole bunch of people and I, I gave everybody one or two. And then the, one of these guys was his full-time job as a technical writer. I can make a referral if anyone needs it. Um, That's, he turned them all into uh, the blog post. That just makes me think I've got, you know, like literally hundreds, if not thousands of lessons in my courses that I could just make into a blog post because there's specific topics that people might be searching for. That's really, really cool. On YouTube, your free courses, are you putting out the free courses as individual lessons? Is it one long video? Is it a playlist? How how, how are you putting that up there? Every single video from the free course is just a video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then they're all amalgamated into a playlist on YouTube. And that's huge for because that's where people go to learn something. So mm-hmm. you can't necessarily drive traffic directly to your website, but you can drive traffic to YouTube. It will get if it's good content, it will organically show up in mm-hmm. like, let me see if I search YouTube for Flexbox. Does my stuff come up? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll like to. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. I'm the sixth one. If you search Flexbox on youtube and these are okay and i'm sure you're just using all of the same sort of you know links in the description cards yep. and things to get people back to your your site no yeah i don't even have cards that's something like i've only got so much time and i always have like these i, I hear about like oh i should put a card at the end of every single video and i don't but <laughs> i should yeah 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 well you should check out um tube buddy Oh, I have uh, that. Yeah. Oh, well, if you have like the pro plan or one of the star plans or something, you can batch edit all of your videos or even Uh. specific playlists and add a card to all of those at once. It does it for you. It's it's super cool. I did that and it was the same thing. I was like, I need to add cards to all my videos. And um, I did that and they they get clicks. So it's really it's definitely. Oh, I'm going to do that after this. Yeah. Check that out. (laughs) Cool. So then you said that with your free course, you don't upsell them. But when they do sign up on your site, I'm assuming you get their email. And are yeah. you doing any sort of promoting to them? Or are they? Are you upselling at all to like a paid course um, related to that free course or anything? Hey, Phil here. Are you enjoying this episode? I really hope you are. And I hope you're learning to become a better online course creator. If you want to fast track your success, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and get your free trial of the full flagship program, the masterclass for online course creators. Get more information at onlinecoursemasters.com. Yeah, in the in the initial email that gives them access to uh, the course is, hey, if you like this one, check out my other one. It has a link off to my course catalog. 
Um, mm -hmm. And then obviously when they're watching the video, there's a button that says course catalog and, mm -hmm. and they can click it. And there's probably a lot more I can do there in terms of like uh, sending up like a, a one week email or things like that. That's sort of like on my plan of like what to do because some mm -hmm. people sign up for it get busy, forget about it, never see it again. So if I can make people get through that initial course, they're probably going to stick around for, for other stuff as well. Yeah, totally. So um, can you, do you have any sort of numbers? Uh, people are yeah. with, I don't know, students, revenue, whatever you're comfortable sharing, just so that we can get a sense for, you know, how this is going for you. Because it's pretty inspiring to me that, you know, you've grown this platform on your own and, yeah. So one thing I do on all my courses, I show how many people have signed up for that course um, because cool. it's social proof. And, yep. and that shows that it's because like if you're if anyone's just stumbling upon this like random course being like, put your email in and you'll get a course. Wink, wink. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> no way. But if you see that, like, I don't know, like however many people have signed up for it, then that's huge. So um, my best free course is JavaScript30.com. Um, and that currently has 105,503 people have taken it. So that one has just exploded. Wow. And um, how long has that been a li uh, live? Uh, alive? Live. November, December, January, February, March. Okay. Sounds like not that long. Maybe. Yeah, six months, seven months. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. Crazy. So that, yeah, that one. And that one, I don't even have all of them up on YouTube. But it was just like... A, I, and I knew like I had been like collecting maybe I should explain what it is. It's um, it's a 30 day vanilla JavaScript course. So in in web development, people are sort of exhausted. People are trying to get into it. They're exhausted with all of the fast change and all of the frameworks that are needed in order to get anything done. So I just like peeled it all the way back and said, like, you just need an HTML file to, to do these exercises and mm -hmm. there's 30 of them you do one a day and you're going to get much better at your core fundamental principles right like it's nothing fun it's they're all fun and they're all like kind of cool little games or uh little animations that you build and uh it really struck a chord with people both beginners as well as people who were kind of secretly feeling a little bit bad about their own skill so mm -hmm. um it just I and I it's funny because I knew that it would do super super well, um, but the first day alone it had like forty thousand signups or something like that. So, and when you launched it, where were all those people coming from? Mostly, mostly. Well, the way it works is, um, I I don't know. I had seventy thousand people on my email list already. Okay. Yeah. So like I obviously you can blast something out to to that, and that will get enough traction to start getting momentum. Um, and then when you sign up, it says, hey, like, actually do this, like commit to it. Because like we've all we've all signed up for courses here and there and, and never taking them. But like I was I was like, actually do it, put in the work and you're going to get better at JavaScript. So mm -hmm. um, I said, commit to it publicly and there's a button to tweet it. And a lot of people tweeted it. A lot of people pushed it out. Wow, cool. um, a lot of like coding boot camps and uh, friends got together and met in coffee shops and did it. So like. And it's just like rippled through the whole like learning to code scene as well as just like anybody who needs like just like a little bit of extra practice, no matter where you are at in terms of skill level. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It, one thing yeah. I actually remember looking at your site before was that for each of these courses, it seems like you have like a sep it's on its own landing page or own website. Yeah. What's Everything has its own domain name. 
Okay, what's the strategy behind that? <laughs> Rather than like just having like the West Boss cl- library school yep. and then all the courses on one page, basically, or promoting from that yeah. one page. Yeah. Again, that's another thing. Everybody told me that's stupid to do because you're killing your SEO and like you're confusing your users. Like they don't know that you have more stuff. So, um, but my whole mantra to life and to, to all the stuff is, is called make it a thing. Which means that like rather than just like sling together a couple YouTube videos and and like try to like drive traffic to that and, and tweet tweet about it, like wrap it up, package it up into a little bundle, uh, give people some structure so that they know exactly how to go through it, um, give them a nice player and mm-hmm. give them a certificate when they finish and all that stuff. So like making it a, a thing is so much better. And also, like, I have a lot of fun with this. Every single <laughs> website has a new design and a new music with it. And, like, it's kind of fun to be able to, to play around with the, the branding and the marketing and of, of all of these, these different things. So, well, and it's, it's like, fun. it can be actually the same kind of content. But when it's, like you said, if it's the same YouTube videos, but just packaged together, even as like a course, even if it was on your own site, but you're taking it to the next level as its own like website i mean it, yeah. it is kind of crazy because it's totally against the grain of what yeah. i would think would work best for you to grow your audience but it's obviously working so well for you so it's just, that's just that's awesome yeah that's i don't really like take any of obviously i listen to a lot of people's experiences and i'm very keen to hear what has worked for them but i'm um, i very much like to to test things out and to see if what works for me, because as, as soon as there's like a technique, then and as soon as it's in someone's playbook, then everybody does it. And I'm already seeing like people just blatantly copy my own stuff because it's it's becoming a technique and, and then it starts to become gimmicky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So are you doing any paid marketing right now? Yeah. Um. I have YouTube ads running or not YouTube Facebook ads running, mm-hmm. um, but not working super great for me. What has has worked um, is that the the ads get people to like my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I post anything on the Facebook page, people are like, hey, Wes, oh. like it, it seems like that the type of people that it's attracting is is good people. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, it hasn't like maybe. I've put maybe like 10 grand into it and it's maybe made like 13. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's making money, but it's not like the like home run that I thought it would be in terms of like you hear these stories about people just like sell it. Like people are selling T-shirts on Facebook ads and I can't I can hardly make it work with a hundred dollar course. Right. So mm-hmm. there's obviously something I'm missing there and I've hired a couple of people to try to figure it out, but uh, not 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 hit that thing just yet. Yeah, and so are you promoting like posts that are for like your courses? Or are you promoting free courses or all of the above or other stuff? Um, right now it's just my. We did try with the free ones and to see like how many of those would eventually convert. Um, but right now it's just on one of my paid courses, and that seems to be at a spot where it's it's selling one or two a day, which is it's still pretty good, but it's not yeah. like the the sort of the home run that that I thought it would be. I think yeah. that my my efforts are way better spent creating another free course because like it, I like my JavaScript 30 took me four months to build full time. And like 
like that's not a PDF that a lot of these people are doing. Like this is mm -hmm. really good, good quality content. And my time is and that has just been like you. There's no way I could have paid for one hundred and five thousand people to sign up to it. Right. Yeah. So like I think my time is much better spent, like actually helping people learn to code um, rather than figuring out too much of the, the marketing side of it. I think that is the perfect little golden nugget right there. And yeah. that's a long time to spend on a free course. So for people listening, yeah. you know, you know, listen to that. And it's not necessarily quick and easy. So it sounds like you have so much going on and you've outsourced a few things. What what are you like doing on a typical day, like creating new courses or or what? Yeah, what um, you work on? it's split between um working on my own course platform because like that's how I keep my skills sharp as well. Like nobody wants to buy a course from the guy who doesn't build anything re real himself, right? Like, yeah. like my life, my entire income is on the line with this thing that I've built. So uh, you better bet that I'm it's real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's I spend a, a, every in between courses. I'll spend time, whether it's improving the video player or um, doing the back end. Like I used to have like a separate system for my free courses. Um, and I used to have a couple systems for my paid one. I united it under one big monster that that feeds all these different domain names. Um, so working on that, um, researching lots of new topics and and uh, thinking about what I'm going to build in my next course and, and whatnot. So I think most of my day is spent developing, doing mm -hmm. like either building my own stuff or uh, building potential applications for for the next course that we're working on. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like sitting on Twitter, I, a huge part of my traffic comes from Twitter. And it's because I post what I call hot tips on Twitter mm -hmm. where I put a little flame emoji and then you have like kind of like a little nugget of like, oh, I didn't know that. And then those those get really, really popular. And that's how I sort of built up my my following on there. Yeah, Twitter is something that I don't do at all. I just have it all automated from my, like, maybe Facebook or maybe when I post a YouTube video, it goes to Twitter. And then oh, I yeah. log, log on every, like, couple weeks and I'm like, oh, there's actually people, like, chatting at me. But it's nowhere near to you. You have over 100,000 followers right now. It, for people getting started, is, do you have any other tips? I like that hot tips kind of idea. Yeah. Being super helpful. It's what? What other stuff can we do? It's all about like I see everyone getting into Twitter and they're just pushers like they sign up for Edgar and then just like vomit all of their links onto Twitter. And nobody likes that uh, because it's it's just garbage because you have to go to Twitter and not be a pusher. You got to be like there to actually interact with the people on Twitter. Right. Like most of your tweets should be uh like messaging back and forth with people. You should be interacting with people. You should be asking questions about what the, what they use and stuff like that. Cause like that's super valuable. There's a lot of really smart people on on Twitter that you can you can gain knowledge from. So that's that's where I've heard a lot from a lot of people that Twitter just doesn't work for them. And I think it's just because web developers, that's where they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And for other people that might be on Instagram or Facebook or forums or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all good advice. It seems like you're probably getting a lot of questions from students throughout. I mean, you got, you know, 100,000 people signing up for this one free course, but that's just one of your courses. How are you managing to deal with 
students yeah. who have issues or questions? So most of it, um, I have a Slack room for only for my paid courses, which again is a bit more of an incentive for for people to sign up. There's there's chat rooms for every single course I have, free and paid. But if you need to get in, you have to buy one of the paid courses. Um, and then once you're into uh, the the chat room, it's it's sort of self managing. I I try to jump in as much as I can, but obviously I'm just one person. Um, but there is some fantastic people in there that will will help out. Um, if people are starting at the exact same time, then they'll sort of help each other along. Um, in the in the free courses, I tell people to find an accountability buddy, which is just somebody else that's doing it at the same time, so they can do it. Because yeah, there's there's no way that I can support all of these people, especially when it's back and forth six emails because you forgot a semicolon. I I still get yeah. forty emails a day or something like that, and I try to answer as many of them as I can. But uh, I try to direct all of the support over to over the Slack room. That's cool. I haven't heard of anyone using a Slack room for an online course like that. And so it's kind of set up. The expectation is that it's just going to be the students in there. You'll pop in from time to time. Have you ever had any negative feedback from people being like, hey, I bought your course, but I'm not getting the kind of one-on-one help that I thought I was going to get? Um, Not really. I think people are, especially like people who shell out $100 for a course, they're fairly good about that understanding that like just because you paid a hundred dollars I mean you can have like one-on-one mentoring time with me I'll, I'll try to help out as much as I can and I do help out quite a few people like I get lots of dms on there but um I, I sometimes people are frustrated and they get stuck um and that's where you need to jump in and and help them through whatever part they're they're stuck on and uh, and make sure that they're they're happy and they're not sort of like asking for a refund because they're all mad about a silly mistake that had popped up. Yeah, yeah, cool, super cool. Well, I feel like I could keep asking you questions for days, but uh, <laughs> I just want to hear a couple more questions. What you've been doing this for a few years? It seems like it's working. Um, what are your next plans for the next few years with your courses and everything? Yeah, just not a whole lot different than what I'm doing. Like, uh, there's obviously a lot I could could do with it in terms of like blowing it up people have been like you wanting to sell other people's courses and and just make your own udemy and and things like that because i have the audience but um like i'm I'm at a really good spot in terms of like enjoying what i do and making good money and uh just having fun fun with it all so uh, i'm just gonna keep sort of like refining my teaching skills in terms of how i explain things to people as well as just creating more courses for for stuff that people are, are asking about and stuff that I think people should should be learning. I just want to help as many people learn to code and as many people advance their careers as they can. And and I think if that is what I focus on, then it will keep doing well for me. Yeah, totally. I think so too. Um, so is there? My last question is usually just if you have any advice for people getting started. Where do you think they should? I don't know, start out, how should they start growing their audience? But one thing I didn't ask you, you've talked a lot about though, is like, is there anything in your courses that you do that you think is just awesome that your students love, either the way you teach, the types of things you teach, the extra supplemental yep. resources that you add? What what advice do you have for just helping people make actually better courses? Yeah, I think 
part of what people like about my stuff is the way that I explain things. And I don't necessarily know what that is. It's just that this is how I understand it. And the way that I spit it into the microphone is nice. I'm also kind of funny in the courses. People like that. Uh, the things that we build are always fun and uh, pretty real world, meaning that you can like see yourself applying it to like your actual job. So it's just making whatever it is that you're building fun for the person on the end because learning to code and learning any new skill is incredibly frustrating. So if you can make that a little bit easier on people and, and give them those little wins and that enjoyment, I think that it will it'll go a long way. Cool. Awesome. I love it. So uh, people can find you at westboss.com. That's W-E-S-B-O-S.com. And I'll include links to that, all your social media and everything on the onlinecoursemasters.com website. Is there anywhere else that you want people to or people can find you or the best place to follow you? Yeah, I'm just mostly Twitter all day long. So twitter.com forward slash westboss. But if you go to westboss.com, you'll see links to all my courses and whatever it is that you like to to, to do. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, I always tell people that, you know, that listening to this podcast is great, but one of the best ways to learn more is just to check out all of these amazing instructors, actual platforms, go to westboss.com, check out his Twitter feed, go to YouTube, see how he's building his funnels, sign up for his free course and see how he's actually built it and then get his emails and see how he's sending his emails and, yeah. and use that for inspiration for your own courses and course sites. So this was awesome, Wes. I'm looking forward to following you and seeing where you go in the future and just hopefully you have even more success. So thanks again for being on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's fun. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to fast track your success, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and sign up for your free trial of my flagship program, the Online Course Masters Masterclass. Yep, that's right. It's a masterclass designed to take you from zero to hero, creating and selling your very own online courses. If you haven't done so yet, please leave a review for this show wherever you listen. This is how we can help expand our audience and help teach the world. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week in the next edition of the Online Course Masters Show.